everybody, this is Audrey Stratton. And this is Carmen Thorley. This is Kitten Whiskers and Kanye, the podcast where we talk about the history of and take a not-too-deep look at our favorite things. Mm-hmm. Carmen, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, thanks for asking. How yeah. are you? <laughs> I am doing fantastic. Excellent. And do you want to know why I'm doing fantastic? Why? Today I discovered a very important discovery. Okay. <laughs> I discovered I am related to none other than the movie star, Mickey Rooney. Really? <laughs> How? Ancestry.com or something? Listen up. I am 14th cousin six times removed with Mickey Rooney. Wow. That is something special. Does he ever come to family reunions? No. And Mickey, if you're listening. Mickey. I'm holding you responsible for this. You need to start showing up. Yeah. and That's really funny. Here's the most important part. Mm -hmm. Ready? Our common ancestor, his name is Marmaduke Constable. (laughs) I thought Marmaduke was a dog. So. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're not related by Marmaduke a dog. Constable. Marmaduke it sounds like Constable. Benedict Cumberbatch. The <laughs> snooty, so high highbrow, really fancy names, mm-hmm. fancy British mm-hmm. names. That mm-hmm. is really cool. I'm not related to anybody cool. No, I can guarantee you are. Uh, so what this <laughs> is is this is yeah. So this is an app that Brigham Young University has on one of their websites where you can link up to, like, family search or something. Yeah. And use your account, and it'll tell you, you're related to these famous people this way. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. I, I'm not surprised that it's something that um, was rooted back in the church, though, since they're very, what's it called, genealogy-driven. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool that they do that, though. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to know what famous person I am. Probably, okay, probably Elvis Presley, because I was looking at this with one of my friends, and we were finding, like, all sorts of celebrities that we Uh shared common ancestry with. Right. So Elvis Presley was one. Wow. Uh, Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher. Pretty rad. That is really cool. Yeah, a little less rad. Johnny Depp. Why is is that a little less rad? Oh, Carmen. Oh, no. What's my Johnny? I don't normally read the tabloids, but, like... Oh, this whole domestic abuse thing is, like, starting to pick up again. That's so. happening? Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I'm sorry to break the news to you. That's okay. I wasn't really a fan to begin with. <laughs> it's, not, okay, it's not that heartbreaking. What a bummer, though. Yeah. Huh. Also, Barack Obama. Uh-huh. He is my 11th cousin. Oh, my gosh. So... Can I meet him? Brock, Can you Brock. set that up for me? Hook <laughs> me up. Hook me, me up, up Brock. Brock. <laughs> See you next year at the... At the family cookout. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if I don't see you at the next barbecue, I'm going to be very, very disappointed. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And of course, it means absolutely nothing because, like, literally anybody could be my 11th yeah. cousin, like, whatever. Yeah. But 11th is a pretty long chain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're not here to talk about family relations. No. We are here to talk about macaroni and cheese. Yes, we are. <laughs> which I am actually pretty sure was just a bad idea from the start. <laughs> no, well, okay. So here is the, the origin of uh, why we started wanting to talk about macaroni and cheese, why it's so important to us. So at work, um, at the bakery, we we do get lunch breaks in the middle of the day. Most people bring in some really easy things to eat, like tuna cans or, you know, a pre-made sandwich or something like that. Microwave ramen. Microwave ramen. Um, And, uh, most notably, uh, the macaroni and cheese, like the craft cups that you put in the microwave for three and a half minutes. I actually got the idea to do that from Audrey because she brought in 
um, exclusively craft shapes because <laughs> well, those cause taste the better. Shapes, the shapes taste better. They hold the cheese. Uh, we can get into we can get into technical stuff later, but. We decided to do a, a taste test of all of those uh, store-bought dry, freeze-dried mac and cheese, and we did a big taste test at work, and it proved to be very enlightening. Very, very enlightening. It was actually one of the most delicious days that we've ever had there. And again, I would like to reiterate, we work at a bakery. Yeah. <laughs> so we're either just completely numb to the baked goods that we make, yeah. or mac yeah. and cheese is actually that good. Yeah. No, but. I think it really does just have to do with the fact that we don't want to eat any more bread, which I never thought that I, that day would come for me, but I'm, I'm sick of it. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you have, you only have so long to work at a bakery and not get sick and tired of Right. Bread. I still have little spurts where I'm like, I want a cinnamon roll more than anything in the world right now. Oh but more often than not, it's just... It, yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. And then, of course, there's also, like, the fact that we are spoiled. So we are actually bakers. Like, it's not that we are working the front counter of a bakery. Uh-huh. We are the bakers. So if there it's is It's in any, our hands. Yeah, <laughs> if there is anything that is, like, not up to par in, you know, quality... Like, it's ours. It's ours. It's getting we get it fresh out of the oven. Yeah. Like, I am spoiled for baked goods. Yeah. If it is not warm and fresh, I no, want... No, no, no. Nothing to do with it. Nope. Nope. So the good news is, I don't ever have to buy bread, because I don't ever want to eat bread. Exactly. Bread is, oh man, but if you did ever want to get bread, we have all those, you know, pretty little loaves. Yeah. Waiting for us. Yeah. Man, just, it's a cool job. Sometimes I forget. No, it really is a cool job. I love it. Anyway, I guess we are talking about carbs, but just different carbs. Yeah. No, the reason why I ask if it was a bad idea is because I feel like we have been cursed to record this episode for like the last week. We've been meaning to record it and like just things keep on happening. Even today, even a half hour ago, like I forgot one of the cords to my setup. Yeah. Just completely forgot it. We both forgot our pop filters. Yep. Both forgot yeah. filters. So sorry for yeah, no. for our excessive spit. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to be hearing a whole lot of spit. A lot of splash and a whole lot of dry mouth. Oh, gross. <laughs> so since this is a podcast where we talk about the history of our favorite things, I do want to go into the history of mac and cheese a little bit before we go into the uh, <clears throat> research yes. that we did for oh, macaroni and very cheese. Very difficult research. I... I don't know. Like I said, like, I'm not sure I actually made the connection in my brain that, like, hey, if we're going to do an episode on mac and cheese, that means at some point we're actually going to have to, like, talk about it for an hour. And if it were, like, Tex-Mex food, I could talk about that for an hour. That's, but this like, is so specific. It's such a specific thing. Like, even if we were talking about desserts, I could talk yeah. about that. We're talking about one dish. One dish. That we both just really love. Really love. Like, spoiler alert, like, have you seen the Twitter account We Rate Dogs? No. It is this really cute Twitter account where they rate all the pictures of dogs that people send to them. And, like, guess what? They're all They're rated, all great like, dogs. 9 to 11 yeah. out of 10. Usually the dogs will get knocked down a point because their owners will dress them up in costumes. And all then right. the account will be like, that's not a dog, that's a pterodactyl. But still, <laughs> good still a 9 out of 10. That looks like a good dino. 
Nine ten, good dino. Mm-hmm. So like that's basically going to be our episode, right? Yep. Like <laughs> But we had this bowl of mac and cheese rated nine out of ten. Yeah, but the takeaway is that you will be um you will be really knowledgeable in what to buy next yeah. time you go to the grocery store if you're into buying mac and cheese, which I mean, I don't we know are. who you are, but like if you're not into buying mac and cheese. Um after this episode you will have the best information at hand for your the absolute best. The absolute best. Absolutely. We're we're we're, we're experts. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the good news is humans have loved mac and cheese for a long time. Like basically for as long as pasta and cheese have existed in the same region. Yeah. Which is like is comforting to know. Basically pasta and cheese popped up in the same good. region and somebody was like, I like pasta. I like cheese. Let's put it together. <laughs> Into one delicious dish. Yeah. Yep, so a couple of the earliest known recipes date back as far as the 1300s in Italy and in England. The English dish was known as, and like this is kind of older English, so I don't know if this is actually how it's pronounced, macaroons or macaroons? It sounds a lot like macaroons. Yeah, but it's not quite that. (laughs) Yeah, M-A-K-E-R-O-U-N-S. Oh, weird. Mm-hmm. And it was essentially a cheese lasagna. So it had grated cheese and butter on the bottom, a layer of hand-cut pasta, and cheese and butter on the top. <laughs> and let's be honest. This sounds great. It's <laughs> not changed much in the last 700 no. years. It's very basic ingredients. And, like, think about that. 700 years? Yeah. Like, I don't know of many things that are, like, that relatable that go back that, that far. Yeah, seriously. Like, Mac and cheese is still very current. <laughs> yeah. Mostly when I think about stuff from the 14th century, I think of like texts that are really hard to understand mm-hmm. and like the Black Plague and the Crusades. <laughs> <laughs> like oh my pretty much everything from the year like 300 BCE up to like the year 1650. It's like it's kind of all blur. just kind of the same to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I understand. <laughs> like we had centuries of the Black Plague and centuries of Crusades. Right. And, like, and that's that was, it. Uh, that was all there was. And apparently mac and cheese. Mac and cheese was in, it was in there the whole time. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. just waiting for its time to shine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, I don't even think I have recorded genealogy going back that far. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know what's more important than people? Food. And pasta. Yeah. <laughs> Cheesy pasta. Cheesy pasta. <laughs> the first modern recipe that we know of was created in 1770 in Elizabeth Raffold's book, The Experienced English Housekeeper. Oh. And, I mean, we're pretty strong feminists, yeah. and so, like, that title just kind of initially made me go, like, oh, wonderful. So great. You're yeah. going to tell me how to clean my house. And... Yeah. <laughs> but as it turns out, it's actually this totally rad book written for middle-class women at the time. The book has roughly 900 recipes in it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what are some other ones in there? Uh, the book is primarily known, actually, for, like, the first modern instance of wedding cakes, oh. where it's, like, a sponge cake that's covered in marzipan and, you know, decorated uh-huh. with frosting. So that's pretty cool. But more important than wedding cake is macaroni and cheese. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, how many times do you care about wedding cake in your life? Like, I care about wedding cake at weddings. Yeah, pretty much. And how many weddings are you going to go to? As little as I can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, but I, I, I'm constantly thinking about macaroni and cheese. Yeah, actually. pretty much. She has this recipe for macaroni and cheese where she came up with the idea to make a bechamel sauce with cheddar cheese, 
which is basically the version of mac and cheese that most of us are familiar with today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the flour and milk and cheese melted into that that mixture mm-hmm. and, and butter and that nice creamy sauce. Creamy. Around the same time, a few other versions popped up, including versions that have breadcrumbs on it and oh, yeah. are baked to get a nice crispy, crunchy topping. And ever since, it's just kind of been spreading and evolving and getting fancier or... yeah weirder yeah as we discovered but it's basically the same well yeah it has this the two basic components um that's what well that's what i like about it well one of the things i like about it is that it has two really basic ingredients and then after that you can really just do whatever you want Mm -hmm. um and it can still be considered mac and cheese as long as the primary ingredients are mac and cheese (laughs) yep pretty much (laughs) for a couple hundred years that was kind of the standard and then the prepackaged dinner came along. Oh, yeah. And I'm assuming that was around the 50s, huh? Uh, almost. It was a little earlier. So Kraft introduced the dried boxed mac and cheese in 1937. Oh, man. And it was an instant hit. Like, I believe it. Just That was a instant. staple for me in college. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that, like, the Depression made it a cheap, easy dinner. Oh, yeah. And, it, you know, cheap, easy dinners were very appealing. Absolutely. And you could also, later on, get a lot of it with food stamps during World War II. But also, it's just mac and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to mention something that I didn't know about Kraft Mac and Cheese before working on this project here. Canadians love that blue box. Really? Oh my gosh, like, love, 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 love it. I read about it on the Wikipedia page, and at first I was like, okay, someone is just making this up to give Canadians a hard time, because, like, you know, like, internet pranks, like, you change a Wikipedia page to, you know, give someone, yeah, give someone a hard time, but no, like, after a little bit more researching, it is legitimately the most popular grocery item in the country. Wow. In fact, it is so popular that Kraft decided to embrace how much Canadians love it, and redesigned the marketing and the boxes for the Canadian product to have it labeled as Kraft Dinner, which is what Canadians have been calling it for years. Mm -hmm. Like, it is literally just, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, how about Kraft Dinner? (laughs) Okay. So what was it called before that then? I think it was just the same as in in the States. Right. It was just Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. Uh Yeah. And you know what? Like, scratch that. Recent packaging has actually had Kraft go so far as to just put a giant KD on the box. Oh. Because apparently Canadians are such good friends with Kraft Dinner that they have the nickname KD. Yeah, yeah, just boil it down to its most basic components. And like, I read that and I was like, my first thought was, elementary school kids are awful right right like how many Catherines do you uh, think just had the hardest time with like haha katie katie your name sounds like kd <laughs> you're you're a craft product <laughs> oh my gosh oh man i'm sorry all Catherines in canada like <laughs> or maybe not sorry maybe you're really happy with it i, I don't, don't know. know to be associated with you know craft mac and cheese i guess is not the worst yeah yeah, maybe embrace it. Maybe embrace it. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Like, honestly, I can't believe, I cannot believe how popular this is in Canada. Because another thing that popped up was this picture on, on Google Images of Kraft Dinner Oreos. Oh. 
And it's photoshopped. It's oh, photoshopped. Oh, okay. But after everything that I read about Katie, uh-huh. I was just like, you know yeah, what? Okay, I believe. Well, it. and Oreo is doing such weird things with their yeah, flavors they... anyway. Okay, but just a really quick aside: the lemon and limeade Oreos, like super underrated. Really? Just, yeah, just just try them once. Do they have the golden cookies instead? Of the yeah, chocolate? they have the golden cookies. Okay, good. The chocolate one would be a little bit weird. Yeah. They are so good. Yeah, I actually, I really like most of the flavors that have the golden cookies on them. They're really good. It's, I think I saw, again, we're not talking about Oreos, but whatever. I saw a package for cookies and cream Oreos, and I got really confused. Like, (laughs) Oreo-flavored Oreos. Yeah, of course. I think they've gone too far. I think they have, yeah. (laughs) Like, honestly... With the birthday cake one, it was almost still pushing it. It was still the Swedish fish was really bad. I think that that's actually still in production. I think, and it's on chocolate cookies too. Like, I don't understand. That does that won't. It might taste good. What What do I know? I mean, I cut through testing, so like some like at least a few people are gonna like it. Yeah, I just can't imagine what what flavor is Swedish fish anyway. Is it? I think it's cherry. Cherry. I eat a lot of Swedish fish, and, like, uh-huh. honestly, if you asked me what flavor it was, it's, it's, it's which Swedish you are, I guess, flavored. it's just Swedish fish flavored. That's so strange to me. Yeah. A cherry Oreo. Which I guess, I guess well, could work with chocolate cookies. Yeah, cherry chocolate sounds good. I just don't know that Swedish fish chocolate sounds <laughs> no, it's good. Because it's not, like, Swedish fish tastes like Swedish fish. Right, that's, right. That's well, I'm imagining, like, the actual Swedish fish on the cookies. Like, no cream. <laughs> just the gummies right in between the cookies. You asked for it. <laughs> that's not a product anymore. That's a summer camp dare. <laughs> oh, man. Gross. Like, I just imagine all these kids with, like, a pile of the cream on one side and a pile of the cookies on Eat the other. Eat it. <laughs> they just, like combine all of their candies together and they're like let's see what timmy over there will be willing to eat and right. poor timmy is like i just want people to like me i'll, I'll eat whatever you I'll want me to. <laughs> oh, timmy hang in there i'm sorry timmy. it gets better it timmy, does i promise oh, oh man. man yeah so anyway boxed mac and cheese <laughs> You know that thing we were talking about right before we were talking about Oreos. Um, yeah, I I made box mac and cheese in college all the time, and my roommates always because we had tons of we had tons of boxes in our house because everyone's mom gets them. Like in case you don't have like money for other like here's this right. Yeah. Um, and so we all had at least like five or six boxes of Kraft mac and cheese to, for each of us. Um, but whenever someone wanted them, they'd always ask me to make it, and I wasn't sure why specifically my one friend Emma said I make it the best and I told her all I do is follow the instructions that's all you have to do it's just a perfect product that doesn't need to be changed although I do use a little less butter because I just don't think I need that much butter and then I know this sounds weird but you add mustard like just yellow mustard and you don't stir it in you you just kind of put a little dab on your fork and then pick up a scoop my brother-in-law showed it to me, and it's changed my life. It's really? changed the way I eat macaroni and cheese forever. <laughs> well, okay. Good to know. So basically, you don't follow the recipes to the I box. follow it up until that point. 
Yeah, I think it's it's just the consistency of the cheese. I don't like the watery cheese. I like yeah. the the clump of the noodles together kind of cheese. I think that I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how else to do that but follow the recipe. You know. Yeah, I honestly I am such a changeable person that whenever I make the stovetop mac and cheese, I'm just like, nah, if I get watery, then mm-hmm. that should be okay. And if it's thick, that should be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it's I'm cheese. still getting cheesy pasta. Yeah, and I'm still going to eat it. <laughs> yeah. As I mentioned, or as we mentioned before, my personal favorite is the craft shapes. Mm-hmm. And specifically, I really like the SpongeBob shapes. Yeah? Why? Because well, they taste the best. Okay. <laughs> okay, but you have to like it's it's the exact same pasta and it's the exact same cheese. So how no, can it possibly? How it's can not it possibly... the same pasta. <laughs> but it's made of the same stuff. It's so? just in a different shape. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't understand why it's so much better. <laughs> SpongeBob shapes just taste better. I, okay. I have I have tried Star Wars. Yeah. I have tried Cars. I have tried Cars is the worst. I bet. How to drink? No. Actually, Minions is the worst. Oh my gosh, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried How to Train Your Dragon. Uh-huh. Those were actually pretty good, yeah. but that was kind of a promotion. I mean, not a promotion, but it was kind of like a limited run for the most recent How to Train Your Dragon movie. Oh, okay. So after that had been on video for a while, they stopped production and it made me sad. SpongeBob is the best. It is. I wonder, like, what what sort of, like, shapes does the Sponge... <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> I'm going mad. <laughs> oh man, I don't want the SpongeBob background music. No, I can't have that in my head, or else I'm gonna play it at work. <laughs> um, I wonder if there's a shape of the SpongeBob shapes that hold the cheese better, or know, the ratio of cheese to pasta is better. Or it could just be in my head. Um, no, <laughs> I don't think that's what it is. There's got to be a solid reason why it's better. Yeah, I mean, or maybe like, it's just because it's SpongeBob. Like as far. <laughs> As far as hills go to fight and die on, like, this is actually one that I'm willing to do. Yeah. Like, shapes taste better. Yeah. And if you don't believe us, try it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, for the sake of, uh, again, research for this episode, I did try a few different boxed dry kinds. Yeah. Uh, there's obviously shells and cheese. The Velveeta which, one? Mm-hmm. The Velveeta shells and cheese. I really like Velveeta. Mm-hmm. I know it... One, if it is stovetop, it doesn't take as much work to do because all you need is the pack of cheese and the box of noodles. You don't need right. milk or butter, or it's, which kind of makes me just a little bit, it makes me question it a little bit, but it's really good. I really like Velveeta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's really good. I actually wonder, like, you know really wealthy people that can have, like, people cook for them? Yeah. Do you think they crave Velveeta every once in a while and they're like, I'm Baxter. <laughs> Baxter, would you please whip up a pot of Velveeta shells and cheese? Oh man, I I would assume most of most of personal chefs for stars would just like abhor the idea of having to make. <laughs> I can make you a four cheese deluxe with breadcrumb. No, no, I want some Velveeta, please. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> chip chop, chip chop, chop, chop chop, Baxter. <laughs> Uh, Kraft also does, like, a deluxe version of macaroni and cheese. So rather than, like, the really skinny straight pasta, they're Mm. actually bigger, like, actually curved elbow macaroni. It also comes with cheese that has, like, it's it's pre-made cheese, and it's in a, like, foil pouch, just Uh like 
Velveeta shells and cheese are. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I tried one, and I was... It was good. I tried, like, the aged cheddar, I think. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was pretty good. Um, yeah, the only stovetop ones I've ever tried were Kraft and Velveeta. Um, I think those are really just... I think those two are the most worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So the Kraft Deluxe are pretty good. I would have tried the other flavors, but I actually saw something on the back of the box that really turned me off to it. Mm. And that is, like, you know how some companies make products and they're like try this recipe with this product like mix it in with these mixed vegetables and you have a dinner or Mm -hmm. add like cheese and vegetables to it so the back of this particular box had a recipe for mac and cheese pizza oh no which it's too far it's too far (laughs) i love mac and cheese i love pizza i might love pizza more than i love mac and cheese yeah that's uh, yeah but I think it's go- it's too far. It's craft. too far. Well, and at some point, the the structural integrity of the crust of the pizza, it can only hold so much unless you're going deep dish or something like that, or the really like dense, crisp crust or something like that. I just don't understand the architectural logic behind macaroni cheese pizza. It'll just slop everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd rather just eat the mac and cheese off the top and then. And then have a slice of bread. And then have a slice of... Yeah, there'd be nothing left. (laughs) And then have a slice of triangle bread. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So, I mean, speaking of hybrids, we also tried... Or we were planning on trying the... um, No, we did. The the macaroni and cheese grilled cheese. Yeah. um, Yeah. At... Where was that? It was a local place called Cravings Bistro. Cravings Bistro. Yeah. See, and that was just right. It was super, super good. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it it wasn't a monster of creation. It was just like the pinnacle of both cheese products. Yeah, coming together as one to create one beautiful. It was it cheesy. Was just it was gorgeous. It, it was, was a really sight good. To hold. Yeah, yeah. It sounds really weird. It's on the menu called uh, grilled barbecue mac and cheese. It's essentially Velveeta mac and cheese that they make and they put onto a grilled cheese sandwich with some pulled pork right. and a light drizzle of sweet barbecue sauce. Oh, man. And there is just something super magical about that combination. See, and at, at this point, when we went to go try that, um, had we gone anywhere earlier that day? We went to, what? yeah, we went to um, Macaroni? Corner, Corner Bakery. Corner Bakery, that's right. And so, and, and the week before, we tried two other places, so I was kind of macked out just a mm-hmm. little bit, and I didn't full, I didn't have, like, my full attention was not on the sandwich. It was really good, but I, like, right now, that is all I want right now. But at the it moment, I was so like, craveable. more mac and cheese. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, like, I am a little tired of that sandwich, I'm going to admit mm-hmm. up front. It is kind of like a once in a while treat. Yeah. Because... When I realized it was really close to one of the places that I go to hang out frequently, yeah. and I could go there like once a week, I was like, I could have this sandwich every week. <laughs> and after about week three, I was like, I never want to get this sandwich again. <laughs> it's a bit much. It's, it's a bit a much. Lot. But like for a once or twice, you know, a biannual, yeah, a delectable treat. It's not. It's not bad. Yeah, it is. Like I said, it is super craveable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went to. Cravings Bistro, that's a local place, but we did want to try some places that are 
a little bit more accessible Mm -hmm. nationally speaking. So one of the first places that we went to was Macaroni Grill. Yeah, Macaroni Grill, where you used to work at. I used to work there, so I knew, I knew everything about that menu. Most people will go in expecting that there is a macaroni and cheese dish. Where when I started working there, there wasn't. There was a kids one where it literally was uh, Velveeta. We had fancier pasta than like shells, but we used Velveeta cheese. Don't tell them I told you. That. <laughs> I'm sure they. I'm sure they tell you if you asked. But I'd have people coming in all the time asking if we had mac and cheese, and I said we have a kids version that we can double for you, and they're like, yes, I want that. And I was just like, but you're. At- I know it's called macaroni grill, but we have so much, we have, we have a variety of pasta dishes that are so much better. And that's when I learned, because I was confused as to why it was called macaroni grill, um, if we didn't have macaroni cheese on the, on the menu. But macaroni is actually referring to the type of pasta, um, and not the popular macaroni and cheese dish. Mm -hmm. So whenever people complained that we didn't have that, I'd just kind of throw it back in their face and be like, oh, well, we didn't false advertise. You just don't know the history of (laughs) Italian food, clearly. (laughs) I said it in a nicer way, but you know. Don't you know your pasta? (laughs) Don't you know your pasta? But eventually they did revamp the menu and added a really gourmet truffle Mm -hmm. mac and cheese. Yeah, so on the menu it is truffle mac and cheese. Yeah. And that it's in a skillet, mm-hmm. and it was baked with crumbs on top. And it had prosciutto in it That as was well. the best touch. Yeah. Prosciutto is it's so good. It was a perfect, it was a perfect little thing. It was really rich. It was so rich. I think that we each took, like, three or four bites of yeah, it, and, and we were just... That also, that another reason for that is because just five minutes before, we had an appetizer of mac and cheese bites. <laughs> yes, that we, is true. You know, just little balled up mac and cheese, um... Dipped in cheese sauce, truffle cheese sauce. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. And honestly, next time I go to Macaroni Grill, I am absolutely getting that appetizer. Yeah. I'm not normally an appetizer person. I. It is the base of comfort it is food. So so good. It was yeah. so good. Yeah, every time there was an extra or a mistake made of mac and cheese bites, it was like hounds <laughs> to whoever could get their hands on it first. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really... I always suggested that one. That one was really yummy. Um, but the the fancy skillet mac and cheese that they had just introduced, I had never tried before, and I was pretty impressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I was also impressed with the leftovers, which I had oh, the privilege good. of taste, taking home. Yeah, because leftover mac and cheese is kind of hard to get right, because the, the consistency of the cheese changes after you put it in it the fridge. It does, and... and- for some reason, the taste does too, and I think this is really only particular to like the dry boxed mac and cheese. Right. But for some reason, reheating that stuff, it, it doesn't work. Has this weird metallic taste to it. Yeah, that's what it is. Why? Where I does that know. come from? I don't know. Makes me wonder what's in it. <laughs> what am I eating? What am I? Eating? Am I eating pure radiation? What's going on? I mean, but fresh out, fresh out of the pot, it's so so good. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. My. My grandmother, she would babysit me when I was a really, really young child, and my parents wanted to go out, like, on a date night or something. They would drop me and my siblings off at my grandmother's house, and she constantly wanted to serve me this leftover macaroni and cheese. And of course, like, as a seven-year-old, I'm looking at this Tupperware filled with macaroni and cheese, Mm -hmm. right? And it's in the fridge, and I'm like, I don't eat leftover mac and cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Snooty little Audrey. Like, I, you knew that you weren't going to enjoy it. No, right? why would I want to eat something that normally 
I love. Yeah. And now it has turned into this, like... It phases into another element. It does. It's not <laughs> the mac and cheese I love it. I don't know who you are. <laughs> You're clumps who of, are you? Clumps of orange noodle. Yeah. It's not quite, yeah. not quite the and, same. You know, and my grandmother. And, I mean, this is nothing against her at all. It's just she lived alone and she wanted to make food ahead of time when she had time and I think it was yeah she would make a lot and so she would keep on insisting like no this isn't leftover this is fresh I made it and I just decided to save it for later and as a child like I didn't understand that because my mom of course would make fresh dinners for us every night and then it'd be gone probably yeah she was a stay-at-home mom Mm -hmm. and I mean, I don't remember a lot of leftovers, but I also suspect that a lot of it had to do with my dad mm-hmm. taking leftovers with him to work for yeah. lunch. So, yeah, like, leftovers, again, not to sound really snooty, but it wasn't a thing that seven-year-old Audrey was, like, yeah. familiar with. Right, right. Anyway, going back to the macaroni grill, mac and cheese, the truffle mac and cheese, that reheated extremely well. That's good there's to know. Something, there's something about, like homemade style mac and cheese I think that just manages to... a little bit different yeah we also went to the corner bakery cafe yeah which that was kind of interesting yeah to be honest I I mean I don't want to bash on I I am of course loyal to our bakery mm-hmm. in every sense of the word they're not quite the same and like in like in terms of the type of bakery it is right. um, but I I kind of have been putting off going to corner bakery just because I it's just like, I work at a better bakery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I walked inside. It's pretty cute. Um, and we ordered, what was it called? The bacon and tomato mac and cheese. Yeah. So they have a version that's like, I think, just plain mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. But we ordered the bacon and tomato. We, I really, really liked that. It was really good. Yeah. When we first got it, and I think this was a function of the fact that we went at like four in the afternoon. Right. So there was literally no one there except yep. for us. And yeah. so we got like super, super fresh mac and cheese. And the sauce was, like, really, really liquidy to start out with. And we were like, oh, no, like, it's just kind of falling off the pasta. Yeah, but then as it congealed. Uh, Yeah, as it cooled off a little bit and congealed. (laughs) Yeah, it ended up being really, really good. And I honestly can't remember a single instance where I have had mac and cheese with tomato in it. Yeah, it seems like it'd be... I don't know, because what comes to mind is grilled cheese and tomato soup, which right. is just yeah. a really good match. I don't know why it never crossed my mind that tomatoes might cross Corner Bakery's mind, apparently. Yeah. That tomatoes would be good in it, but it was. Yeah, it was really good. And I think it's a regional thing, too, partly. Yeah. As I was looking up, again, just kind of the different ways that people eat macaroni and cheese, it is apparently very common to serve it with slices of tomato, and we just live in... A place that doesn't do a that. A place that doesn't do it, yeah. But Weird. it was it was really good. It had just kind of small chunks of diced tomato yeah. and then bits of bacon and it's just that tiny bit worked. of sweetness. Mm-hmm. And we were also given a slice of garlic bread, and I think we both looked at the garlic bread and we were like, "Thanks for serving carbs with our carbs." Yeah, <laughs> I, I would like carbs with my carbs. Yeah, with a set of carbs. and you know, initially we were like, "Huh, huh, huh," and then and naturally it. we <laughs> ate it in like three bites. Yeah. <laughs> It's right there. Garlic bread is one of those things I can't not touch. So, so, so good. Yeah, we went to a local place called Station 22 on Provo Center Street. Mm -hmm. And I had never been there before. Carmen has been there before. I am so, so, so glad that she brought me there. I have a lot of good memories with that place. 
so hipster. It is and really. I love it. <laughs> so I, so if you've ever been to Provo Center Street, you know it is just, well, if you've ever been to Provo alone, it is hipster ridden, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but mm-hmm. like there are just really trendy, you know, good looking people everywhere. And Station 22 is where they all go, you know? Yeah. Because they have the mason jar glasses and they have the... Um, the craft sodas. The craft sodas, which that I love that part. You go in the back and you choose your own soda, and there's just this huge wall of variety. Oh my gosh, there's like, I mean, there's easily at least 50 varieties, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went to the Leninade. <laughs> Lenin, like... <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> it was, I don't, like, I didn't even care what the flavor was at that point. I was just like... <laughs> all of these like communist party slogans on it and I was like you saved that bottle didn't you I did say that it was bottle. such it's a cute bottle still in my car yeah that... it'll clink around every once in a while because I keep on meaning to take it yeah. out and like put it somewhere because it is just it's just so too perfect clever and like I have a mixed relationship with puns every time I hear a bad pun I think I lose like six months of my total lifespan. And every time I tell a bad pun, I think I lose about a year year. of my total lifespan. But I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Leninade is um, a necessary pun. Someone had to say it. (laughs) Somebody had to. And I'm glad someone said it on a bottle of delicious beverage. Yeah, yeah. So that Um, was really good. Yeah. Station 22 is fun. I do do highly recommend it to anybody in the um, Utah County area. Before I move on, another one of the hipster things was yeah. the uh, books, the checkbooks that they oh bring back. <laughs> so they'd okay. be like little children's books with the flaps inside and they put your check yeah. inside. And we split the check. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the waitress decided to... She brought us like four. She brought us like four checks. So I got my drink and Carmen got her drink. And then she actually just split the cost of the dish and so there were four total receipts. So there were four total booklets. And we're like looking like, this is a like, child's book from like the 30s. <laughs> what is this? That's pretty cutesy. Pretty cutesy. <laughs> I, I think my check might be in Spots Big Day over there. Yeah. <laughs> Spots Big Day. Spots Big Day. Oh my gosh. I think there was a Curious George one too. Uh, I think yeah. it's pretty, it, it was pretty cute. And what was the name of the um, macaroni dish that we got? Grown up mac and cheese. Okay. Yeah, it had, I think, three different cheeses in it. And it did also have the option of um, having pulled pork thrown in. All right. Which we did not go with that option, but basically guaranteed the next time I go, You'll I'm probably going sure. to get it. There are it. so many things on that menu that you need to get around to trying, but that one sounds like a good next step because we know that pulled pork works well with mac and cheese from mm-hmm. our experience mm-hmm. at Cravings Bistro. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was a really good dish. It was pretty standard. Again, it had like three different cheeses in it. It yeah. had the like crispy breadcrumbs on top. Mm-hmm. It was good. good. It was good. Yeah. It was a solid dish. Yeah. Yeah, I I had been to that place several times, but I had not gotten the mac and cheese before, and I finally got around to it. Another thing I noticed about that restaurant is the dessert section, as they had the fried cookie dough. Oh my gosh, the deep fried cookie dough. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Too they're much. Doing, if, oh, but like just enough also. But, yeah, also. <laughs> they're doing a lot of right things. It's a, it's a So it's a southern kind of... Barbecue, barbecue kind burger. of looking place. Yeah. Um, so they have a lot of deep fried stuff and they have a lot of pulled pork barbecue kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good place. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't even know if that's a Southern thing that 
people in the South do, like if they make mac and cheese normally with pulled pork or barbecue sauce? Yeah, I don't know, but one of the things that I kind of came across while I was looking at like the different ways that people eat macaroni and cheese is that in Missouri, there's apparently like a diner or two that will serve chili mac mm-hmm. a la mode. And by a la mode, they actually mean they put a couple of fried eggs on top. <laughs> I was thinking ice cream. And I was thinking what could look like ice cream. I was thinking like a scoop of mashed potatoes or something. Fried eggs. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And have you eaten chili mac before? Uh, no. All right. Well, I guess a lot of places will prepare chili mac as in like the actual macaroni noodles. And they'll mix it with chili. Like... Maybe they'll throw some shredded cheese in, but it's mostly just, like, the chili and the pasta. Oh, interesting. But if you want to do an easier version, go ahead and make a box of macaroni and put a can of chili in, and Voila. there you go. There you have it. I, I had never tried it before I started dating Nick, and he made it for me, and he was very, very particular about yeah. it. And it was, like, at the time, one of the most endearing things. Yeah. And you it's still kind of endearing. Mac. chili mac. And he's like... Make sure that you get the chili with no beans. Oh. It has to be Velveeta shells and cheese yep. and chili no beans. Yeah, i i can kind of I can kind of understand why. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It'd be just the meat and the chili would be enough. Maybe the beans would be just a bit much and texture yeah, wise. Maybe, maybe. And I'm sure that if you make it with like homemade chili, that oh, would be different. Yeah, and like I said, if you maybe just like make a pot of chili and then throw some macaroni noodles in uh-huh. and like. Some shredded cheddar cheese. Uh Like, that actually sounds pretty good. That does sound really good. Yeah. Are there other regional types of macaroni and cheese? Yes. There's another regional thing that I'm really interested in trying only because it seems to be a regional thing, like, all across the globe. And that is kind of oxymoronic. But (laughs) there is a dish called macaroni pie. And, like, you and I have tried the version of macaroni pie in our region, which is to say we've had macaroni that's baked in a casserole dish with, oh, like, sure. you know, some breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs on top. Yeah. But there are plenty of places that actually put it in a pie crust. Like, oh. it is actually macaroni pie. And, like, I would normally say that, like, sounds really gross, kind of going back to, like, the mac and cheese pizza thing. Yeah. Oh, that sounds gross. Why would you try that? Yeah, but, yeah. like, it is a thing in Scotland. It is a thing in different areas in the US. It's a thing in England. It's like even places in the Caribbean will make macaroni pie. Yeah. Is it like the same kind of pie crust you would put on sweet pies or is it kind of like a meat pie crust? It's kind of like a meat pie crust. Yeah. It it doesn't have quite that sugary. You know, that does sound sound good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It, it sounds interesting to me only in that if it is a regional thing in so many different places across it the must world, like have it's some like gotta be good, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like there's a lot of cool regional things. We are stuck in Utah where there's not really a whole lot of regional dishes that. Yeah, we can there's try. not a ton of options. So we'll just stick to our dry microwave stuff, I guess. I, okay, but. I love that stuff. I, I do too. I um the ones that I've been eating are just the normal. They're not the craft shapes. They're just the basic, you know, lesser. The, yeah. The lesser craft bowls. Small tube noodles. Um, but yeah, we did we did do a little taste test. Everyone at the bakery brought in one or two types of the little um, cups of microwavable mac and cheese. We had a brand called Annie's and the Western Family Velveeta. Craft mac and cheese. Um, I think you brought in a white cheddar with black pepper. 
Yeah, yeah, that was uh, Walmart's private brand, Sam's Choice. Yeah, and you were pretty pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I was. Man. Yeah. Black pepper. Okay. All right. Another thing (laughs) that I really, I really just want to get out there is black pepper is just, it changes everything. I, Velveeta, mm-hmm. Velveeta is good, but I always do like 10 or 12 cranks of like fresh cracked pepper and it changes everything. I Don't forget it. the pepper on your mac and cheese. It will change your life. Pe- pepper and mustard. Pepper and mustard. But if I have to push one, it might be pepper because the mustard one is a bit weird. It You have to like mustard, I guess, to begin with. Yeah, yeah so pepper on your mac. <laughs> Yeah. It is really good. Yeah, we so yeah, we did this taste test thing and we were actually very pleasantly surprised by it. And we probably sound like complete white trash talking about how much we love this like microwave. It's so microwave good. Cheese, but like again, kind of going back to like the we rate dog thing. Yeah. Like we're sitting here rating this macaroni and cheese and like, like everything. It's all good. It's, it's all good. Like, Nine ten. <laughs> cheesy Mackie. Good. Good. <laughs> check. Check. Oh, I give him the choice between the macaroni grill truffle mac and cheese with prosciutto and the Western family microwave stuff, which actually ended up being the winner of this yeah, taste test, which, which is really was surprising. really weird. And if there's anybody out of state that's listening to this, it is a private brand owned by the company that runs the Macy's stores in the region. Macy's spelled M-A-C-E-Y-S, so not the department department store. (laughs) But it is a local grocery chain. And for whatever reason... It was the best. It was the best. We were expecting it to be, like, the worst. Well, yeah, because I was expecting, like, name brands like Kraft or Velveeta to be better, but it ended up... um... I don't know. We ended up having like some off-brand, just generic kinds, and they they weren't trying too hard, and they just I don't know. They met the mark. They met the mark. Better than the rest of them. Ten they out all, of ten. Yeah, Good. they all met the mark. <laughs> some of them met the mark better than better. others. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, and I do kind of want to touch on that Sam's Choice mm-hmm. brand a little bit because I okay, so I used to work at Target a few years back. I am constantly fascinated by this concept of private brands. And privately owned brands are the, a lot of people refer to them as generic brands Mm -hmm. that you get at like chain stores. So Walmart has great value and they also have Sam's Choice. Target has Archer Farms, Market Pantry, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to get medicines, you get the up and up brand. Those are all privately owned brands. Mm -hmm. Walmart has Sam's Choice. And it is kind of the, like, premium-owned brand. Kind of like how when you go to Target, there's Market Pantry, which is kind of the cheaper generic stuff. And then you get Archer Farms, Farms, which is, like, yeah, the deluxe stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So Sam's Choice is to Walmart what uh, Archer Farms is to Target. And I guess for a long time, they didn't really do a whole lot with that brand. Like, they had some cookies, and they had a couple of, like, frozen things or, like some mixes or whatever but they've been expanding so now you can get frozen pizza from the sam's choice brand and then you can get these microwavable cups of mac and cheese i was really surprised by it because i was just going to buy my lunch for work yeah getting the craft shapes and being right there there's this cup of white cheddar and pepper macaroni and cheese that you can make in the microwave like how could you not what (laughs) and then there's classic aged cheddar and mac and cheese 
con queso. So oh many options. It was so many like yeah. premium options. Cheddar and bacon. Yeah. And I just grabbed all of, all of them. them. Have you tried all of them? I did try all of them. And unfortunately, some of them are only 8 out of 10. Yeah. 8 <laughs> out of 10. Okay. And they were okay. The queso I actually didn't finish mm-hmm. because there were kind of some weird texture things going on yeah. where they included peppers, but... Yeah. Oh, weird, yeah. Yeah, so it's done kind of the Velveeta style where it's got the, like, liquid cheese in the foil pouches mm-hmm. that you smash into the cooked pasta once it's done. Yeah. And, man... I was really surprised by that white cheddar and pepper, and I actually brought it to work, and I had a couple of co-workers at the bakery smell it, and I was like, smell this! It smells like real cheese! (laughs) Yeah, well, and it's also, I mean, I'm not going to rag on Walmart, because I shop at Walmart, and I like Walmart, but Mm -hmm. it's, you know, kind of surprising. Yeah, you don't have high expectations for the stuff that you get there. No, no, so it's surprising to get a, it's just, it's nice to get... It's nice to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you set the bar really low, and it's the bar. <laughs> you're, you're never like, gonna oh, be disappointed. Okay. Yeah, cool. Oh boy. Do we have anything else to say about macaroni? <laughs> like I said, we were kind of doomed from the start. Like, but well, okay. We decided on mac and cheese, and we're like, full steam ahead. Well, yeah, because when we were talking about we, when we were still kind of in the. Um, alpha stages of the pod and we were just saying like oh well let's make the pod about our favorite things let's name off all of our favorite things you know we like fairy tales and we both love Kanye that was the first one that we said and we like mac and cheese and uh, and you know it might have been one of those ones that was just like oh we maybe should have edited that out but you, we we did it full steam ahead it is one of our favorite things and if there even if there's not a ton to say about it, it, it we do need to say that it is one of our favorite things yes okay one last question for you carmen okay and this is very important oh my gosh okay All right. buckle in do you eat macaroni and cheese with a spoon or with a fork there's only one right way and that's a fork Good answer. That is the correct answer. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Kitten Whiskers and Kanye. I'm Audrey Stratton. I'm Carmen Thorley. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye.